Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well-being. And on today's episode, we are going over makeup tips, and we are doing so with Jamie Greenberg. She is an amazing editorial and celebrity makeup artist who I have been a fan of for years. So without further ado, Jamie, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Jamie, I wasn't kidding when I said I have been a fan of yours for years. You probably won't remember this, but I do. Gosh, like many, many years ago, back when I was an assistant, I wasn't even on a beauty team yet. I was an assistant at a magazine, Self Magazine. It's the print magazine has since folded, but I had started writing beauty stories and I got my first makeup assignment. And so I got to go through the process of figuring out who I wanted to interview and the beauty editors sent me some name suggestions. And so I went through the list. I looked up your work. I absolutely fell in love with your aesthetic. So I reached out to your agent, you agreed to the interview, and you were my very first interview with a makeup artist. Oh my gosh, that is crazy. I love this story. Isn't that amazing? I said so when I you saw that you had such wonderful success over the past several years, and I just I got so excited because I was like, wait, I remember that name. That's the first makeup artist I've really ever interviewed for a story. That is amazing. Thank you for picking me. That started it all. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think I think you were doing pretty well when I interviewed you way back when. But listen, I want the audience to get to know you a little bit better and hear your story. So what was your journey into the beauty industry and more specifically makeup? Do you guys have a couple hours? Just kidding. <laughs> I have all the time in the world for you. Thank you so much again. I think I am one of the OG did it the hard way kind of stories. I actually went to college for film and photography in upstate New York. And after college, I graduated and moved to New York City and tried to get involved with editing and entertainment. And I just was like, something's missing. This is, doesn't feel right. I lived in New York City for about five years. I dabbled in a lot of extracurricular activities, like some comedy and some improv. And I waited tables after I quit my job. And I just was like lost and didn't know what I wanted to do because really beauty is a trade and it's not really something that you know much about, except like when you were growing up, you got your hair cut or like, sure. et cetera. But one of my mom's friends had a makeup line growing up. And I remember every time I'd go over to her house, she'd have just all this makeup out and I'd play with it. And I remember just getting so excited about it. And of course, whenever my mom would get dressed, I'd always watch her and be in awe. And I just loved everything about beauty. And my aunt actually was a pioneer in the hair world in New York, in London, and then New York City. Mm -hmm. But it just wasn't something that I knew anything about. So my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, we decided we were going to pick up and move cross country to Los Angeles. But before we moved, we spent the summer there and I needed to get a job. And someone was like, you should get a job at Ulta. You love makeup so much. And I was like, what's Ulta? Okay, sure. And I got a job at Ulta in Oxford Valley, Pennsylvania. Let's go. And I made like $7 an hour. And had to wake up at like 4.30 in the morning to like take the stuff off the trucks and then like put everything in the store. And I didn't know anything about makeup. But 
One thing was for sure, I loved makeup. I was the girl who did everybody's makeup. I had like one trick. And even in college, my professors was like, you should do the makeup for the movie, for your friend's films. You always have such interesting makeup. Anyway, I worked at Ulta and that was my first introduction to sales and makeup artistry, really. And I had never really done one like a paying customer or anything like that. So I remember some woman came in and she's like, I want all new makeup. I don't know what to do anymore. And I gave her a Bare Minerals, Bare Essentials was the name, uh, makeover because I knew about it because I bought it on an infomercial and I was like addicted to it. And she ended up buying everything and was so happy. And that exchange really ignited the passion for makeup. I was like, wow, this is such a awesome exchange. Like this woman came in, she was all like anxious and like all over the map. And by the time she left, she had calmed down in my chair, laughed and bought a ton of makeup and was so excited to go home and use it. And so I then started to just try to learn everything about every product that was being sold there. And that snowballed into moving to Los Angeles and opening the first Ulta in Los Angeles. It was just like That's really major. working retail. Yeah, I set up the first store. I was, I got a raise. I was making $13 an hour, which was a lot of money back then. And back in my day, we took a horse and buggy to get to Los Angeles. But (laughs) I really, I really worked hard at Ulta in just really getting to know skincare and makeup and just everything I could get to know about prestige brands and drugstore brands. And I really took advantage whenever brands would send people to the store to explain the product. I would listen intently. They would give us gratis free product, which was always like my favorite thing. And then I would go sell it. And because I was so interested, invested in it, I would sell. And it was like, again, such a high. I really liked talking to people, selling to people, and I really liked makeup. So then I continued. And after about six months at Ulta, I moved to Bloomingdale's where I worked for two years And again, it was like the thing about Bloomingdale's, though, is you have to sell and you have to make numbers and you you have like they love a makeover in a department store back in the day. So I would be pulling people all day. And it's really where I honed like my 10,000 hours, my grad school of makeup. I used to pull people and do their makeup. And if I did a great job, they'd buy everything. And then if I did a terrible job, they would like let me down easy and walk away. But it was a great place to learn about different types of skin, texture, age, color, sensitivity, like literally the gamut. And because I only had like I could do two things. I knew how to do smoky eye one way. I knew how to do an eyeliner one way. And by the end of that experience at Bloomingdale's, my artistry had gotten so much stronger because I did it every day. And then when you weren't when the store was boring, you would just go over to other brands and be like, what's new at Laura Mercier? What's new at La Mer? What's new at Smashbox? What's new at Mac? And so you're just, again, this was such a great arsenal in learning about product and makeup. And then after that, I decided to go rogue. And my husband found a listing on Craigslist for a makeup artist named Jillian Dempsey, who had her own line called Deluxe Beauty. And yeah, we all know Jillian. And so I decided to work for that brand. So I worked for that brand doing freelance where I'd have to go into like Sephora's and Ulta's and sell the product. And then 
they only gave me 20 hours a week. So I also worked for Dior 20, for 20 hours a week at like Saks, more high-end places. And that's how I started to string together my, my you know, job. And I really liked doing it and I was doing really well. But when I went to go meet Jillian in person, I was like blown away by the fact that she was a celebrity makeup artist. It was an avenue I never even thought about. And I was like, I love entertainment. I love storytelling. And wow, wouldn't it be cool to be doing makeup on these faces? So I like just shadowed her for a little while. And one thing led to another. She brought me, she ended up getting bought out by Avon. And she brought me to this like Avon convention where I ended up doing the vice president and president of their smaller line called Mark. And we had such a great exchange. Like I did their makeup and I was bubbly and positive and great. And they were like, you should be, you should do stuff with us. And I was like, oh my God. So I ended up getting a contract for Mark before I even had like an agent or anything. They used to fly me out to New York. I mean, I thought I had made it, honey. Oh, before that happened, I did dabble in some reality television. I had met somebody at Bloomingdale's and they knew somebody and they recommended me to do makeup on a reality show. So I did reality TV for about a year, maybe two years. And I traveled all over the US with a show called Nanny 911. And like, I again, no I, yeah, I mean, it was like wild. And then I did a lot of that. And then I realized that I wanted to focus on the celebrity makeup thing, because that was the thing I had most fun with. So I started to assist. It was back when like you could email people. I would constantly email and be like, hey, I just did this. I just did that. Can I help you? I started assisting all the artists at the wall group and it took a while to get my foot in the door, but I started assisting. And then after about two years, Patty Dubroff like had put her name on the line and Monica Blunder. And I mean, there's some other artists too, but they were like, and then I had Jillian. They were like, you should sign this girl. She's really great. And so finally the wall group signed me and I've actually been with them ever since. I'm like very loyal. So I was going to say, because I feel like when I reached out to you all those years ago, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I reached out to an agent at the wall group. I'm like, has she been there this whole time? I've been there the whole time. And my agent actually retired. So I have a new agent, but I was with her and it was just, it was great. And so I now am, now things have changed now. So I've been doing this for over 20 years. And then a couple of years ago, got an itch to do my own products because I knew what I needed and wanted and didn't see in the marketplace. And that's how it all happened. Are we still with us? It's like when you tell us, I'm like, it's boring, but I guess it's not boring. I'm fascinated. Thank you. And I also think your background really, it really illuminates, you know, the person that you are in your career right now, because you were talking about how you were on the department floor, pulling people in to do their makeup. And it's like, when I watch your videos or I watch your Instagram reels or whatever it is, you're so charismatic and you're so engaging. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. It makes sense that she was somebody who was out on the floor hustling, like being engaging, talking to people in a real way. I'm like, I can completely see it when I watch your videos. Thank you. Yeah, I really feel like I realize, you know, as you grow up and realize what are your superpowers? What do you have that other people might not have? And I did realize that I do have the gift of gab. I can chat it up with literally anyone. And I enjoy hearing what people have to say. I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy hearing their stories. So as I got older, I realized that it was something that I could use to my advantage. And then when social media came out, I realized also like, I'm not afraid of this. I used to like do storytelling. That's what I studied in college. And I like to be on camera. Like a lot of people don't like that. I like public speaking. Like that's something people don't like to do. And I'm like, 
it's weird. I like to do it. It runs in my family. My brother was a reporter on the news for 25 years. My dad studied film also, and he always had cameras in our faces when we were little. So maybe that's what spawned it. But I realized that was a superpower and that I was going to use it to my advantage. So it's helped out a lot in my career, really. Yeah, you can completely see it when you watch your work. And it does make sense how you became the makeup artist that you are today. I want to ask this next question because I think it sets up the conversation to follow in a nice way. What is your beauty philosophy? My beauty philosophy is to do what makes you feel best and not necessarily follow the trends. I feel like when I was getting into this business, I was riding the trends so hard with how, what I was going to do as my artistry, my aesthetic, what I was going to do with clients. And so I was in Hollywood. I was in a very materialistic landscape where everybody's showy and flashy and like I overextended myself and had to get a fancy car because I didn't want to pull up in a crappy car. And I overextended myself and would spend money on outfits to fit in because it felt like that's what everybody was doing. And I was doing makeup, what I would see other people doing. I was just trying to fit into this mold. And my husband one day, I was like, it was stressing me out. And my husband was just like, dude, be yourself. You'll attract like who you are. And the minute I did that, I found my artistry more exciting to do because I was doing what I wanted to do. And I attracted all of the smartest, funniest ladies in Hollywood who have been my clientele my whole ride. So I was like, there's someone for everyone. And so when it comes to beauty, I'm just like, do what makes you feel good. That's why I'm like, there's really not really rules in beauty. And I meet a lot of women that are like, I've been doing the same frosted lips since 1989 and it makes me feel like me and I'm like do you boo like congratulations like if it makes you feel good that's really that's all that matters so where do you find your inspiration then I would say my inspiration is from actual product um I know like obviously I'm inspired by trends and stuff like that. But I really, this is so weird, but I try not to be as looky-loo as I used to be when I used to start. Cause I feel like sometimes it spoils it. Like it takes the creation out of the fun out of creating because it's really easy to copy something. It's really easy to see what somebody else is doing and then copy it. But it's really harder to come upon that creation yourself. So I don't really look at that much stuff anymore. I'm not, I used to be like a crazy magazine head. I would cut things out. I'd put up mood boards in my room. I this, I that. And I don't do that as much anymore. I really try to just collaborate with my clients, but also come upon my own stuff by finding products that have interesting textures or interesting payoffs or look at what this does or this color will make your eyes pop. Or so I really try to use the mediums to my for my inspiration. I love that because I especially now I think there's so many fascinating textures and finishes and just innovative makeup products and beauty products in general, yours included. And so I do feel like finding your inspiration in the product themselves is a really interesting way to go about it just because there's so much to play with now. There's so much to play with. And also a lot of the imagery that you see is so doctored that it's like, 
put yourself up to that standard and not being able to achieve it is a really bad feeling. Because when you see these girls on social media, there's so much I can tell you, even with me, when I put a video out, like there's so much lighting and sometimes filters that go into it. So it's like, how do you achieve these looks without that? So that's really the goal. Yeah. Okay. I know you said you don't really follow trends anymore at this point in your career, but you are somebody who's on social media. You do see these trends percolating, I am sure. And so I do want to ask, are there any trends that you see on social media that you either like or dislike? Yeah, trends are fun. And the funny thing about trends, too, is the fact that they're just they're exactly what was going on when we started, but they've been named different things. Yes, you're so right. There's nothing new. Literally, like lots of girl was like the no makeup look or like everything is such a stretch. And it really is funny to me because everyone, it's like we have nothing new to talk about. So we have to just, it's like the reboots of all the TV shows and movies. And it's like, we can't have any original thoughts. It's really weird. I guess maybe people aren't doing as many drugs as they used to do. I'm just kidding. But I do think you're on to something just about how all these trends are just rehashed versions of everything we've always done. And I just, I feel like it's unsustainable that our makeup life cycle right now is just a revolving door of quote unquote aesthetics. I'm like, we can't keep on doing this forever. No, we cannot keep on doing this forever. And I don't know where it's going to go. Like, I think we could see 10 years ago, we could see a little of where this was going because social media was so new and technology. But I have, to be honest, what scares me is with AI and stuff, it feels like my job sure. might be obsolete. So yeah, that's scary in itself. I know. <laughs> Same. I know. Chat GPT. Yeah, exactly. But I enjoy the trends just to keep up with what's going on. Even though, again, it's like every time you're like, oh my God, this is what we used to do. It was called the did it. Like just contouring, the way contouring has been a staple in the industry for the past 10 years, loud and people, that's one of the number one questions I get. How do I contour? I don't understand. But contouring was created. The first book I ever read about makeup was this like theater book that someone told me to read. And it was all about all these tricks in theater makeup so that you could be seen by the last person in the audience. And that's really like how to age yourself. And it was all by using shadowing and highlighting techniques, which is what we're still talking about. But I do appreciate, I love almost like seeing what the kids are up to. It's fun. I'm very rarely blown away by anything new. And when I am, then I usually try to run with it and talk about it. But yeah, I guess I like the contouring for dummies. I think there are little things that you can do to really change your look and make your look better. I'm into tricks, how to make your eyes look bigger, how to make them more defined, how to stuff like that. But there's really, it just feels like old news. Like I don't watch the news anymore. I feel like it's the same way. Like as, and I'm sure a lot of people in the beauty industry, I mean, the last person to really wow me was Joe Baker. She's a colleague of mine. And she really, before anyone, before euphoria, before she really took this creative approach and she had an amazing muse and became like completely taken over by her, creative side and did things that I thought were so awesome. And then I did see a lot of copycat, which is great. It's cool. And I remember like working with somebody and them being like, can you do what Joe Baker does? And I was like, no, you should hire Joe Baker to do what Joe Baker does. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. But I just, that was the last thing that I've been actually like moved off the center for 
because I just thought she was so brilliant and spectacular in her artistry. So I know I'm going all over the place. I'm kind of like brain dead when it comes to trends because you're literally like, we used to do this. It was called the double down. And like I said earlier, there's just so many of them. It's just impossible to keep up with. But okay, one thing that you said is that you do like hacks and tricks. And I find that our readers at My Body Green, our audience here, they are so hungry for that sort of information. Because I do feel like while makeup content is ubiquitous in a lot of ways, like you can find makeup content all over the place. I do feel like sometimes we like skip over the basics or like we skip over the like little tips and tricks that makeup artists like yourself use with their clients all the time. So like, I would love to dive into some of those. You mentioned tips to make your eyes look bigger or brighter. Let's start there. What are some of your go-to moves? I know it's so funny because like, again, this is, I know this so well that I forget that people don't know the basics. And so the basics to me feel like a waste of time, but I know it is so important. Okay. Just basically getting a skincare routine that makes your skin perfectly prepped for makeup can make such a big difference in your makeup application. Derma flashing your face makes such a big difference. I'm talking, this is my age group. This is like my late 20s to 60. That's my demo. That's our demo too. So (laughs) it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. So, So those two things have made a huge difference for most of my clients. Derma flash is when you exfoliate your skin, you slough off all the dead skin cells, but then you also take away peach fuzz. We have so much peach fuzz and it can really take away the the look of natural makeup by holding on to your tinted moisturizers or foundations, whatever you use. So that is a big thing. Doing my eyes first in makeup has always been a big thing because if you're going to experiment a little bit and you get drop out from your eyeshadow or you mess up, you can take it off without ruining your skin. So I like to do my Mm. eyes first. I love a good tight line. Tight line is when you take any dark brown or black gel liner or fluid line, any kind of liner and groove it in between your lashes and your upper water rim. That is going to make any eye look bigger, no matter what shape you have. It's going to define your eye. I'm also a big fan of curling your lashes. I also love doing your makeup in front of a window in your car is really the best lighting so that you can really have the best lighting possible, which makes such a big difference. And then I always say like brushes. I always say that it's like a a steak. You can eat a steak with a spoon, but it's easier with a fork and a knife. And I feel that way about brushes. When you learn how to use the brushes, it makes such a big difference in like the speed and the overall look of your makeup. You know, like a blend. My number one brush is the 217 Mac. Listen, when I came out, there was like one of everything. Now there's like 7,000 of everything. But that is a true blue blending brush that I just feel like everybody should have it in their kit. It's fantastic. And it will literally make your eyeshadow, if you're a blender, look like a professional did it. So I love that one. I'm a big person when it comes to primers, primers for your eye. What primers are you using? Okay, so for your eyes, I'm a big fan of the Hourglass Veil Primer. To me, it's like it holds the best. But I did just create an eyeshadow primer and one that also works well called the Eye Shtick. Um, (laughs) So those primers are great. And then face primers. I love a good face primer. I love Laura Mercier makes uh, a hydrating if you have like dry skin, it's really beautiful and holds on to makeup really well. 
Smashbox original formula is always a good one. Cover Effects has a great acne one. And the list goes on. There's so many good ones, but those are some of my faves. So speaking of primer, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you anyway was keeping foundation or concealer from settling into fine lines. I feel like I get this question all the time. It's especially notable under eyes, folks say when they write in or ask me. So I, I tell them primer is a great place to start, but are there any other tips that I should be giving them? Yeah, here are a couple tips. So the first thing is when you do your under eye makeup, like if you have a lot of moisture there, our eye creams tend to be way thicker because the skin is so thin and you want to really hydrate that skin underneath your eyes. If that hasn't settled in and dried, it's going to play with your makeup and create a thicker concealer to settle in the lines. Also, a lot of us as we get older have more and more texture under our eyes. So there's more area to live in. Again, the blending brush 217 you can use as an applicating brush for your concealer where you buff out the concealer. I feel like I'm lucky in the sense that I don't have that dark of circles under my eyes, but a lot of people have that as a problem. So you have to be really light with your touch. And it, it it's a game of figuring out what works for you. So if you're finding that happens a lot, you probably have too much product or okay. you might have too much texture. And if you have too much texture, it's about putting the concealer in different places. Like it, it trend on social media for a long time. It's like putting them on the outside of your eye and on the inside of your eye, almost like a highlight to draw attention away from the under eye area. The other thing is, and I hate to break it to everybody out there, but even my celebrities who are like perfect human specimens, the reason we get paid a lot of money to stick with them throughout the day is because they also get concealer in their eyes. There's a reason why makeup's portable. Bring it with you. Touch up throughout the day. Everybody wants to like do their makeup in the morning and have it look exactly the same when they get home that night, but it's just not, that's not reality. So I love that tip because whenever I get asked about, oh, how do I make sure that lipstick stays on all night? I'm like, you can't guarantee that because you'll be drinking or eating or talking or whatever it is. So just what's the problem with reapplying lipstick? Like it's it's fun to go into the bathroom and take a second to reapply. I exactly, look forward to those moments. Exactly. <laughs> it's a moment. Exactly. It's a personal refill moment. Exactly. Or a, a, a go chat with your friend about whatever's going on at the party moment. Like definitely. And a good time to wash your hands. <laughs> yes. But what you got to touch up. That's part of the fun of it all too. So the next thing I wanted to ask you was about contour. I know you brought up contour earlier and it's, you know, it's something that is used in stage makeup and now it's infiltrated its way into social media and our day-to-day -day lives. And I guess I want to ask you is like, do people really need contour in their day-to-day -day lives? Like, is it something that people should be worrying about for their daily makeup look? No, the problem with it also is, look, you can do whatever you want. Like I said, if, that, yeah. if it makes you feel good, go, go at it. But you don't need it. Our faces are already contoured. And if you have any areas that you want to... The contouring works well for photos, right? The contouring works well for the right lighting. But if you're just like going to work, like the problem is a lot of people don't blend it enough. So like you see the contour before you see the person. And that to me is like distracting and weird. It's, I see it all the time, especially with younger girls. And I'm like, babe, you're peaking right now. You're never going to look better. <laughs> you're never naturally going to look better, babe. So even my daughter's now, what's this contouring thing? I'm like, you don't need a contour. You look so good, but okay. It's just, again, it's a trend. And it's like, 
everyone's wearing baggy jeans, but they don't really make you look good. So why are you wearing them? It's because everybody's doing it. So if you want to jump on them, just learn how to do it in a way that works for you. Like when I do it on my girls, they're going to be seeing a million people in person on a red carpet and they're going to be photographed. So you walk this really like tight line of doing it enough so it looks good on camera, but doing it, not overdoing it so that they look crazy when they're talking to a director or a reporter or a friend or whatever. And they're like, you have something on your face. So it is, it's a tight, a tight line to walk, but you don't need it. Nothing makes you feel better than brand new lipstick. I think lipstick is like the ultimate or a curled lash with great mascara. I feel like those are the things that like you can't live without that makes such a big difference. But the contour, again, it's not as hard as everybody thinks it is unless you're overdoing it and then you create just like a muddy mess. No, that's such a good insight. It's like, if you find it challenging, that probably means you're trying too much or like you're doing too much, right? Totally. Okay, you mentioned mascara. I wanted to ask you about mascara. Do you have any go-tos that don't smudge or flake? Because I have oily eyelids. This is the thing that I struggle with most with mascara. Me too, girl. But I, have you tried Thrive Cosmetics? Liquid okay, the tubing one. So good. Yeah. It's like, there's nothing like it. Even the other tubing ones don't compare. I'm a huge fan. I literally... I, I can't get enough of it because I am, I exercise too. So sometimes I exercise in the afternoon. I don't feel like taking off my makeup or I'll take off my like face and I'm not my eyes and it doesn't move. It doesn't go anywhere. It's fantastic. My daughter, if she wears a little mascara, she doesn't wake up the next morning with like raccoon eyes. It's makeup. And then when you don't want it anymore, it's gone. It doesn't linger like a, a mold. It's like, it's amazing. I can't get enough. And I love the owner who started it. And I love her, like, you know, the reason for her line. It's a real philanthropic line. And she gives back so much. This is a person, like most brands say we give back. Like my brand is 1% for the planet, but she has inspired me from now on to, to really make a cause, to show up to places, to really help the community. Because it's really easy to just say, hey, we give back 1% of the family. And that's nice. I mean, some brands don't even do that. But this girl is like, I call her name's Carissa and I call her Mother mm-hmm. Carissa, like Mother Teresa. <laughs> She's always, every day she calls me, hey, do you want to go down to Skid Row and give makeovers? Hey, do you want to go to this women's battered shelter and give the women a makeover? Do you want to go to this cancer hospital and help the moms of kids with cancer? Do you want to? It's like insane. So I love supporting a brand that also really has a soul. Because, you know, this business is, there's so many brands that are just about the money and that's really it. And their products, the, I hate to break it to everybody out there, but a lot of people are easily fooled into products that aren't really even that great. So no, and I'm so glad to hear that she is that way because I do know the ethos behind the brand and it really does inspire me. But to hear that she's like really out there putting in the work is really refreshing. It's insane. We've actually become very close friends because I, here's another first, when she first started and was working out of her apartment, making everything in her kitchen. She was on Good Morning America, and I saw the story about giving back, and I had lost my mom to cancer. So I was like so touched that she had lost her best friend and created this line. She created um, lashes for women going through chemo, and I reached out to her. It was like, help at Thrive Cosmetics, and she wrote back, 
And she's like, I made it seem like my big business was bigger than it was, but it wasn't. And it was just her. And I was like, let me know how I can help you in any way possible. So she sent me her other products and then I got it on everybody in Hollywood. Everyone I worked with wore it. Everybody was talking about it. And she's like, you were nice to me when I was a nobody. And now her business is worth like, like a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, it's crazy. And she and I have kept our friendship and she's a huge inspiration and a huge mentor to me in the business landscape. And just as being a good human, she's really opened my eyes to so much. So I just like love to tell her stuff because not only is she an amazing human, but her products really are the bomb. Yeah. She has a, a brow tint that I am very into. Okay, you mentioned that you used her products on your clients and they all loved it. And I wanted to ask, what are some of the other favorite products that you use on your clients that uh, that they really respond to? Oh, there's so many. Let's see. So I fluctuate a lot with my foundations because, you know, it depends on the weather or what the person's skin is like. So recently I've been so into that Japanese brand Saku for foundation. It is such a beautiful line. I've really been into it in a major way. So I've been using that a lot. I've also been using for a little heavier coverage, Too Faced Born This Way and Someone had given it to me and I was like, eh, whatever. And then one day I tried it and I was like, this is really good because you can make it really light, but you can also make keep building it, making it heavier. And then for all you like eye, eyeliner junkies that don't want smudging, there's this brand in like your local CVS called Essence and they make a couple different types of eyeliners, but it's called Long Lasting and it is the best eyeliner And it smudges really nicely and it doesn't move and it works well on your water rim. So I use that on a lot of my girls too. I love that. I love pure mineral powder, pure four-in-one mineral powder. I love that as like a T-zone buffer or even just carrying that as a touch-up throughout the night is great. I love, God, there's so many things. Let me think of some other. I love- What are you using for like blush or highlighter or something like that? Because- I am such a fiend for a good cream blush. So I have a cream blush called the Blylighter, which is a blush highlighter hybrid. It was my first product. Yep. Love that. I mean, obviously I created it for, I used to make these like different potions out of like four or five different products and then put it on my girls. Yeah, I do. I love that. But if you're looking for something, I do like to build as well. So recently I've been building with my Blylighter. I've been putting on the new Gwen Stefani line. It's called Give. She has these really high pigmented blushes that come like one is like has a little shimmer to it and one is matte. And I'll put those on top of the cheek of whatever I'm using. And I really like those. And then as far as highlighters go, I'm really into the Makeup by Mario highlighters. I think they're great. And I like his contour powders and creams as well. So if you're looking to like venture in that area, those are really great. I do like the tinted, the Tower 28 tinted sunscreen is great. There's also a brand called Live Tinted that I like their, all their products are really great. I like their, they have like these kind of creamy pens that you can use as all over the face, which are nice. The Kosas has a nice creamy brightening concealer. That's great. There's a brand called Make. I really like their concealer Mm -hmm. as well. 
Beauty Counter has some nice lip cut lipsticks that are nice and don't have anything bad in them. Well People has a pretty super powder. It's like a brightening powder. So if you're looking for a powder without talc in it, that's a nice one. Kamiko, I've been using her brow pencils. Kamiko is another makeup artist. I just love them because as I get older, my brows are more sparse and her formula. It's not too slippery. It's not too waxy. It's like the perfect mix of color and wax so that it stays on. So even if you like sweat, I feel like it stays on because it's thick enough, but not too slippery. I don't know. You know like I used to like yeah. get my hair colored and like my eyebrows would be missing by the time I was done with them. <laughs> they were always like too slippery or, but I really yeah. enjoyed the that pencil. These are all great recs. As a makeup artist, I also have to ask you, how should people take off their makeup? Equally important as putting it on, right? Yes, if not more important. So I created a product called the BFMR Mist, which is the best effing makeup remover because I was so sick of the next day having makeup that I had the night before. If I was going like on a very heavy makeup application, I'd always have it the next day. So that might be in vogue for you if you're in your teens or 20s. But as you get older, it's not good. It ages you. So I created that. And I personally like to do it as a double cleanse. So I'll spray that all over my face. And then I will rub it, rub everything. And it takes literally everything off. And then I like to go in with a cleanser. My top three cleansers right now, I would say one would be Is Clinical's cleansing um, cleanser. I forget what it's cleansing something. And then this other brand just came out with something called, it's a brand, I think it's called Prequel. It's a newer Mm. brand. I really like their face wash as well. And then there's a brand called Aloisia and they have a great cleanser as well. So those are my three cleansers I'm loving right now. So I'll just wash my face. Now I've been getting so many direct messages from people saying like, after I wash my face, I actually dry it and then spray a little bit more of the BFMR mist on because it's so moisturizing. And I've had a plethora of people tell me that it has cleared up. This is like not a claim, but I've just had so many people be like, is there something in it that clears up like cystic acne? Because I feel like my skin is better since I've been using it. So I'm like, hallelujah. Like maybe we created something that's actually good for you while you wear it. You know what I mean? Wait, so- I because I feel like most makeup removers, it's decidedly stuff that you don't want to leave on your skin long term. Like that's what is in my head when I think of makeup removers. But this sounds like not that. No. And it's like, if you are lazy and you just put this on and like rub it off, you're like good to go. Even if you didn't use water, because I know a lot of people are, it's like a wipe in a bottle. I like to sometimes if it's like heavy duty, I'll even take like a face halo or just like some sort of recycled cotton or something to just try to be nice to mother earth. And yeah. It takes everything off. So yeah, I mean, it's good for you and it's, but it's sold out. So we're working really tired. When you have a small business, it's really hard to forecast these things. So we are working diligently to restock. We have refills in, in, in for order, but we don't have the actual bottle where you it's, I think people like the fact that you can spray it directly on your face. Everyone keep an (laughs) eye out for a restock. (laughs) Okay, listen, the last thing I want to chat with you about is how you take care of yourself. I know we went over some of your favorites throughout the episode, but why don't we just do a recap of your skincare routine? Okay, let's see. What am I using right now? So, okay, I am using the Is Clinical. I'm on vacation, right? I'm, I don't know if this is vacation. I guess it is. I'm on a vacation. So what's in my travel bag right now? So 
I have the Is Clinical, the cleansing formula to in a little to-go bottle. It's a small little bottle. And then I'm using this, it's called STEM. It's STEM serum. And it's it has plant stem cells in it, which are great for repairing and regenerating. So I've been using that as my serum on the go. It is by a doctor in Beverly Hills, Dr. Nathan Newman. So I'm obsessed okay. with that. And then I've been using Farmhouse Fresh's Three Milks Moisturizer on the go. It comes in a little tube. I like it. It's really moisturizing. It's not too heavy. In the areas that I'm like wanting a little bit more heaviness, I've been using, I have a small little sample Chuda Bomb. You can get the sample size on their website. So I have that to travel with if I need it extra. I'm using my Bloss in the clear one for my lip balm. And I'm using Babe Original lash serum to grow my lashes. Oh, my multi-masks, which I put on. I've been using the, again, better, bigger than beauty eye cream. So defying gravity. So I'll put that on with my eye masks for 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's like it right now. Oh, and then I am into the red light. So I've been using the Shawnee Darden mask as often as possible. I think it really does make a difference. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. No, I'm a big believer in LED mask. I use them pretty regularly and I really like Shawnee's. It's expensive, but I think it's worth it if you can afford it. Yeah, I agree. If you are going to get one, you might as well get a good one because it will last and it works. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then I know we went over quite a few of your favorite makeup products, but you know, what's like a your staple products for day to day? If you're just like really quickly getting ready, what are you putting on? So a great SPF. I actually love it is clinical or chuda for SPF for me because I run and they don't burn my eyes. So that's a big mm-hmm. one for me. I love, let's see, the Thrive Mascara. There's a brand called Bubble that has this zit cream for kids, but I've been, it's my daughter. So I've been using it <laughs> and I like it. And during my, like right before my period, I use, there's a brand called Twish. I use their salicylic cleanser. So when you're break, before you break out, I've noticed that helps too. And then there's a brand called Ryle that has this like foaming shower, they call it. These are like my kids' products that I've been stealing because I think they're great. She steals mine and I steal hers so that you don't need water and you can wash things off. I like that. I also like Laneige lip masks. I think they're fantastic. Those are a staple. They're popular for a reason. I mean, I'll tell you, I had this night, this night cream that was like a gajillion dollars. And I got to tell you, it was amazing. There's a brand called Natura B. And I sometimes use their... I go through it and then I don't, I like wait till I get like gifted again because it's so expensive. But I got to tell you, sometimes these things are worth it. Like SkinCeuticals Vitamin C Serum. It's so good. I know. And there's a brand, there's this like, oh my God, I'm going to have to get back to you on this because it's, I wonder, is it SkinCeuticals? I think it is some neck cream or something that's like outrageously amazing that it's so rare that you actually see payoff on products, but some of these really expensive products, you do see a payoff. And then some of the non-expensive products, you see a payoff as well. I got to tell you, I'm back in love with NYX again. Like if you're okay. looking for any yeah. eyebrows, especially, I'm like back on that train in like a real way. And then lashes, of course, I'm a big fan of lashes, y'all. Like I love, learn how to do lashes. It makes such a difference. You don't need anything else. Are you like putting on fake oh. lashes? Is that what you mean? Yeah, I'm putting on fake lashes. I am obsessed. Like I am obsessed with little individual lashes. Okay. Clusters, putting the clusters on and 
learning how to do that can really change your whole entire face. Like I, I do time, love I putting on. on like a little individual lashes and do like a little doe eye for a special occasion. I feel so fabulous. When yes, I do it. me too. And then like, if you learn to sleep on your back, you guys, you can keep them on for a couple of days. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah, we didn't talk about hair products, but I will say there's a couple hair products that I've been using that I love. Now you have to say. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you guys. So Sicily's brushes are amazing. I don't even think Sicily they're like- have such good hair products. Oh my God. They really do. They really do. I'm obsessed. I think they're great. And then there's a brand called Rhyme and Reason. And they have like this smoothing serum that I feel like is so nice. And it's not uh, expensive. Yeah. I think I know what brand you're um, about. And, yep. It's really good. And then my friend, okay. um, Aviva Perea, she came out with like the modern pin for your hair. And she's all different sizes and colors to match your hair shade. It's called Day Rate beauty. I love those. Not expensive. Uh, my friend Mara came out with a hair care line. I love her shampoo and conditioner and her oils. It's mm. called Rosac. Okay. And then there's a brand. I use their masks and oh my God, I'm forgetting the name. It's like Indian inspired. Is it Maine and Fable maybe? Yes. That's it. Yes. Okay. First of all, they're amazing. I met them at an event and I was like, what is this? And then I started using it. I love it. I love everything. Honestly, they have like their stories amazing. Their product development is amazing. And okay. their aesthetic is so pretty. Like I love obviously busy artistry. They have a hair oil that I die over. It's amazing. It's yes. like one of the only things that keeps my hair from looking like crazy and frizzy. <laughs> they like came out strong and like, yeah, they really arrived. Like I love them. Yeah. I also get have to give a shout out just to like aesthetic with packaging because I do think like the packaging world is so boring. <laughs> I think everybody's <laughs> like, just so you guys know, it's very inexpensive to do simple design on your products. Yeah. It's very inexpensive. So well, a lot of our expense in with my company goes to the aesthetic of the product. And I feel like Maine and Fable also do that. Each one of my products is designed by a different artist somewhere in the world. I didn't um, know that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So we highlight them on the website. And um, my husband's company, he owns a creative studio called Caveat. Him and Evan, his business partner, have created this amazing identity. And I just have to give a shout out to Hello Caveat because they help me with my aesthetic. And I think it's one of my proudest things because I think all my products really stick out when someone shows like a... They really do. They're so fun. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. The last thing I want to ask you is how do you take care of your well-being as a whole? And I kind of leave this up to people's interpretations because everybody's definition of well-being is different and everybody prioritizes different things. But it can be something like going for your daily walk or making sure you get eight hours of sleep or making sure that you get quality family time. It's really up to how you interpret wellness. So what's your, what are your go-tos? Go-tos are definitely exercise. I actually like, I'm weird guys. I like to public speak and I like exercise. <laughs> so I was actually a college athlete. So I feel like it's just like in me that I don't feel like good unless I like sweat and like almost die. <laughs> so I love to work out really hard. That to me is makes all the difference in the world in my mood. I like entertainment. I actually like to watch television. So I love to watch a show. I like to be engaged in some sort of show. Obviously, I love hanging out with my family. 
But even that, sometimes I need a break from. So like a lot of times my husband will be like, go take a run. You need a run today. <laughs> you have an attitude. <laughs> I'm somebody who like definitely needs alone time. And so that is my like excuse to get out. I'm like, okay, I, I need to go Amen. for a run. I need to be out of this house. <laughs> That's just exactly if you get it. And I feel yeah. like also like sometimes I'm like, it's scary how much I like to spend. I have a lot of hobbies. So I feel like I, a lot of people I know don't like to be alone. I like pray to be alone. And I'm like, I love I enjoy <laughs> like so many things by myself. So I, it's, I think that's good for well-being. I think it's good to be able to just hang out with yourself and do things with yourself, like exercise or paint or do crossword puzzle, whatever, read, whatever you like to do. I think that's awesome. I also love food. I love to eat. I'll eat the damn thing. So that brings me joy, too. And as I've gotten older, I've there's so many great pioneers in the positive body reinforcement world. There's a girl I follow, Katie Serino. I love her. And just listening to her entire story has made me just like, I feel like most women struggle with body image. Yeah. So it's been a really good lesson for me. And I give zero fucks now. So if I'm, you know, that. five, 10 pounds overweight, it's fine. I don't care anymore. It's not going to like change my life. So if I can no. enjoy cookies, I do. <laughs> yeah. And as you should, and as sh should we all, right? Yeah. We really need to find the joy. Yeah, I agree. I think that's an amazing note to end on. Jamie, thank you so yeah. much for joining me today. You are as fun to chat with as I remember. So I'm so excited that we got to reconnect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at Mind Buddy Green, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.